What is up, everybody, and welcome to Babylon, the podcast where you are the host. Every week, we drop three recommendations. Number one, something you should watch. Number two, something you should read. Number three, something you should play. See how nice that flows. And we ask for you to send in your opinions and thoughts to our voicemail on anchor.fm slash checkpoint-church for a chance for it to be featured on the show. Folks, like I have mentioned before, we do have a segment of the show called Belated On. If you want to send in your thoughts and let us know just a little bit later in the show what your thoughts are. If you don't get to it the week that we're talking about the shows, we're willing to take them anytime. Just send in your thoughts when you get them to anchor.fm slash Checkpoint Church. With that, folks, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you our recommendations that we're going to be talking about in today's episode. So today we're going to be talking about what did I recommend that you should watch? Well, that was Akira, the 1990 movie, uh, which actually just came out again in theaters for fun. Uh, so maybe you got the chance to see it in theaters very recently. I recommended that you read the latest graphic novel from DC Inc., Teen Titans Beast Boy. And I recommended that you play the game Emily Is Away. Now, before we get into exactly what my thoughts are on these three entries, let's throw to our sponsors for the episode for just a moment. Stay with us. And welcome back, folks. We're going to go ahead and get into our thoughts. And uh, we're going to probably have a shorter episode today uh, just because I am exhausted personally. I am so tired, but we are going to try to get through here anyway. So if I seem a little lower energy, that is just because uh, my beautiful, darling, wonderful, excellent, amazing in every single way couldn't possibly find a thing to complain about her daughter, who is 18 months old, uh, woke us up this morning at about 345. And so I am uh, not running on enough coffee. And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, I think is the word. I'm struggling. So anyway, let's go ahead and get to our thoughts for the day. My first thing that I'm going to think about, we're going to go in order because I'm too lazy to change up the order right now. I'm too tired to even do that. So we're just going to go in the direct order of what I recommended for this week. The first thing that I recommended were my thoughts on the movie Akira. Now, this is a movie that is incredibly famous. I mean, this movie is one that has persevered and has maintained in the uh, knowledge space. It may have been the very first uh, anime that you've ever seen. You know, if you grew up in a certain era, this might have been the very first one. This is one that is, I don't know, the epitome. It is the icon uh, of anime for a lot of people, just because it might have been your first one that you might have seen. I personally think the first, well, no, the first anime I would have seen was probably Full Metal Alchemist. But I remember the first time I saw this, so the, the creator of, of Akira also eventually went on to create a, a, a movie that I watched called Steam Boy. And I rented that from the uh, movie gallery. And I remember that was something important to me. And so, you know, the art style was familiar to me. I actually didn't watch it when it first came out. I didn't watch it until years later because I wasn't even born whenever it came out. But enough about that. Let's talk about what is this movie? What are we even talking about? Uh, so this is a, a Japanese animated movie. It's a post-apocalyptic cyberpunk film. So that's a, a right. That's a genre uh, mesh that you've heard before. You, you might be familiar with it. If you like, uh, any movie that's come out, um, that, that kind of follows that kind of, uh, futuristic, but also super tech heavy, you know, kind of vibe that people tend to really fall in love with. It was directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, uh, produced by Ryo Suzuki and Shunzo Kato and written by Otomo and Izo Hashimoto based on Otomo's 1982 manga of the same name. So the director and the mangaka are the same person, which is something pretty unique. That's not something that you always get. That's probably why you got a movie that was so, uh, how should I put this long? <laughs> Whenever you follow the original creator's uh, vision, you're going to tend to get every single uh, panel of that manga inside of a movie. 
which probably isn't always necessary. So what is it? What exactly is it? So we're in the year 2019, uh, except it's not a thing like our 2019. It's more like our 2020, in which dystopia has uh, wide set across the city of Tokyo. And it tells the story of Kaneda, uh, the main character who is this kid who is a leader of a biker gang. And he has this childhood best friend, Tetsuo Shima, uh, and from some kind of crazy motorcycle accident, his best friend Tetsuo gets these incredible superpower telekinetic abilities. Uh, and because these are, you know, rambunctious kids uh, causing trouble and their gang leaders and all that, Tetsuo gets a little bit high on his horse uh, and starts to threaten the military structure of Neo Tokyo uh, and starts to spawn this incredible rebellious revolution. Uh, of which, you know, depending on what side you're on, of course, you're like, yes, revolution, viva la revolution. Uh, however, Tetsuo becomes a bit obsessed with himself and begins to take some darker turns. So this is a movie and a, and a manga and everything that tackles a lot of really dark themes, uh, gang violence, corruption, uh, anti-government, you know, terrorism, uh, pro-terrorism, anti-terrorism, um, you know, telekinetics, extrasensory perception. Uh, what does it mean to be an esper? Who's ever never heard of what an esper is? Uh, is the military good? Is the military bad? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's, it's got a lot of those things to it. Uh, and, and it's got a fantastic, fantastic English dubbing cast, if I may be so bold. Uh, especially if you're not talking about the original. Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with the original. The original is fantastic. But if you go with the 2001 uh, anime's version, then you're going to get uh, none other than Johnny Young Bosch. That's right. One of the Rangers himself, uh, voicing our, our main hero, Canada. And you're going to get Joshua Seth. Yeah, Ty from uh, from Digimon. So those are your leading two boys, Tetsuo and Kanada. Who doesn't love those two? You know, and you fill out the rest of the cast excellently. And so uh, it's got a great dub if you're a fan of dubs, which if you know me, I am a fan of dubs. Please don't unsubscribe. Please don't unsubscribe. Please don't unsubscribe from my podcast just because I said that. I know that that's, that is a contentious opinion. But it is my opinion. So that's what this is. Uh, you know, that, 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 that in and of itself should give you enough fodder to know why you should watch it. If you're a fan of anime, this is where a lot of it got started. If you're a fan of voice acting, this is where a lot of those voice actors came from. If you are a fan of animation in general, this is something that needs to be seen. If you're a fan of storytelling, this is a story that needs to be heard. So why, why should you watch this movie as a Christian? Why should you watch this movie as a person who is striving to grow? I'll tell you, this is actually kind of a difficult one. Whenever I was sitting down, you know, I, I, I sit down every week and I think about what I want to recommend and why I want to recommend them and if they would translate well. And I go back and forth and back and forth. And sometimes I say, yeah, yeah, they should watch this. And then other times I'm like, ah, I don't know. This one's pretty dark. This one's pretty rough. That's kind of how I feel about Akira. It's a dark movie. And by the end of the movie, you, you don't really feel better. <laughs> that, that, you know, that's, that's a thing that anime can do a lot. Uh, you know, I think it's just the difference between culture, uh, you know, in American culture and in our, our storytelling that we really like, we really like happy endings. Uh, at the very least, we really like resolution, don't we? And the truth of the matter is that a lot of Eastern storytelling doesn't follow that structure. And Akira better than most things I can think of does that 
really well. And so Akira presents this story in which our main characters, you know, I think we can even look at our big two, Tetsuo, Kanada. Kanada, you know, being our main guy, our leader, Tetsuo being our, starts out as a protagonist and pretty quickly turns into an antagonist. Uh, They are our big two. And by the end of the movie, what we want to happen is we want Kanada to have some kind of vice and we want him to overcome that vice and to become a better person. Tetsuo as our villain, we want him to be our meanest, nastiest villain that we can possibly have. But by the end of the movie, we want him to come to his senses and realize he was wrong. That's what we want as American consumers. Um, Akira doesn't give us that at all. (laughs) Neither of these character changes. Uh, Neither of these characters grow. Neither of these characters find any kind of new position. Neither of these characters change or evolve. They they really end the film in a very similar sense to where they started. There's not a lot of progression. It's not asking the question of how do we get better? It's asking the question of where have we gone wrong? Which is a hard question to ask, but an important one. And so I think that if you're needing a real deep think, if you're like in need of a movie that makes you question everything, or if you're in a questioning mood, or maybe if you're just having too good of a day (laughs) and you really just need to squash that day down, maybe consider Akira because it's one that's going to make you think. It's one that's going to ask you some hard questions. And it's one that's going to present a story that is uncomfortable, uh, but important to think about what is violence and is there ever any justified violence? Is there ever any kind of justifiable war crime? Is there ever any kind of justifiable terrorism? Those are hard, awful questions that we never want to think about. But this movie presents them in a way that at least we can start a conversation, even if we come to the conclusion that, uh, yeah, this movie's dead wrong with the arguments it's making. That's fine, because that can be an argument. You know, a movie can intentionally be making the wrong argument to make you ask that question. So, That in and of itself is a reason why I think this is a movie that even though the characters don't grow, you do. And so it's an opportunity to look at stagnant, stoic characters uh, and to say, okay, what could have made them static? What could have changed that would have made them more interesting? What could have changed that would have put them on the right path? Could that have even happened? It's a great question. It's a great thing to ask. Weird movie, excellent meaning and plot and all, all around great film. Highly recommend it. Definitely one to watch. If you're a parent, maybe don't let your kids watch this one because uh, there's also very surprising uh, scenes in it that are not suitable for work, right? So, you know, just be careful. Just be careful with movies like this, but it's very, very good. I do highly recommend it at an arm's length uh, with parental guidance. So my second thought, uh, like I said, we're going straight down the line, straight in order, uh, is I actually just finished this one, the graphic novel Teen Titans Beast Boy by Cami Garcia uh, and Gabriel Piccolo. Now, I have been a fan for a long time of Gabriel Piccolo. Uh, I first discovered him, oh gosh, years ago uh, on, on Instagram, and he is truly a titan. He's truly uh, just the best of the best. He's an incredible artist. And really what he became known for was that he would take the characters of the Teen Titans series, because we all, you know, he's around my age and people around my age uh, have kind of entered into adulthood watching Teen Titans. And so he takes my characters that I love, that I grew up with, and 
He presents them in a modern context. He happens to be a big uh, sneakerhead, and so he presents them with really fun-looking shoes, which is interesting, right, that you would be so obsessed with shoes, but you'd be surprised how much it... um, I don't know even the words for it. It warms your heart to see characters you love in sneakers that you recognize. It's so strange. You don't even think about that as a, as an aspect of comic books. Like I don't think about what my comic book characters are wearing, but once you see them wearing something specific, all of a sudden you really notice regardless. Gabriel Piccolo is the illustrator and I'll get back to him a little bit more. Let's talk about what is this. So this is produced by uh, a branch of DC called DC Inc. uh, That kind of produces more independent, lower budget, um, shorter run, uh, just graphic novels. And so uh, I picked up the first one a couple years ago because Gabriel Piccolo did it as well, uh, in which they told the story of Raven. And then now he's telling the story of Beast Boy. So remember what I said. This is a guy that was just on Instagram. As far as I knew, he was a fan art guy. And then all of a sudden, uh, I see his name on a comic book and it's produced by DC. Whoa, that's a pretty big turnaround. That's pretty astonishing. And so I got pretty excited with that. Uh, but why would I recommend, you know, you know, what, what is this story? Before we get to why, what is this story? Teen Titans Beast Boy. For those of you that don't know who Beast Boy is, Beast Boy is this kid named Garfield Logan. And, uh, in this, they set him in Georgia and he grows up and he's, you know, kind of a, an oddball, you know, he's in high school whenever we meet him, he's an oddball. He can't find a way to really stand out in the way he want to, wants to, he wants to be popular. He wants to be the cool kid. Uh, but instead he just kind of has his buddies. He takes them for granted. He's just kind of known as the goofy one. And, uh, eventually he kind of, He's, he's, it's senior year, so he's got a checklist, you know, the iconic, um, you know, coming of age film, you know, he's got that, he's got that checklist of things. He's got to kiss the prettiest girl in school. He's got to go to the prom. He's got to go to this. He got to do that. And he starts to set these goals for himself that he wants to become a part of the social elite at his high school. The people that'll just like him for the things he does rather than who he is. And so he starts to go crazy. He starts to do these things to increase his social status. And along the way, he's always taking this uh, supplement and the supplement that his parents make him take. And he's never questioned it. He just takes it because he's a good kid. Well, he starts to get frustrated because he thinks the supplement might be causing him to not grow. He's short. He doesn't, you know, bulk up. And so he's like, well, I'm going to stop taking the supplement. He does all of a sudden, Uh, He starts having these incredible visions of animals in his mind. He starts noticing that his hands start turning green and getting furry. Strange things happen to him. And he realizes that he is actually the result of some kind of strange experiment that allows him to transform into animals. Why? Well, you'd have to read to find out. What can he do? You'll have to read to find out. But it tells this story, this coming of age, as he discovers that he has these powers and he doesn't understand what exactly they are. So why should you read this? Why should you check this out? Well, first off, it's just doggone incredible, especially to look at. Uh, Gabriel Piccolo does an incredible job illustrating this. It looks so good. Everything looks so clean. Everything is so well thought out. It looks just right. The backgrounds are interesting and captivating. Nothing feels like it was halfway done. Everything is taken to the nines and you pick up on it immediately. 
It's wonderful. It feels like Beast Boy. It feels like Teen Titans. Uh, it feels like Gabriel has really taken his uh, appeal on Instagram, this this thing that got him this massive following. And instead of just doing it once, he's done it on every single panel. That's brilliant. That's beautiful. You should read that because you want to support an internet artist. That would be my first piece of thing is that you should support this because you want to support small time artists and fan artists. And because this is a, not only is this a coming of age story for Beast Boy, but it's a coming of age story for an illustrator uh, who really worked his way up and pulled himself up by his bootstraps online, which is incredible and very impressive. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm saying he definitely deserves it. And I'm so happy he's getting it. So, you know, kudos to Gabriel Piccolo. Excellent job. Why should you read it? A coming of age story is always a good story to read. Uh, it's something that really, you know, warms the heart. It encourages you. It pushes you forward. It helps you to be a better person. Beast Boy is someone that I think a lot of us can relate to, especially if anything like me, if you're a class clown type, if you're the type of person who uh, maybe didn't get along with the popular kids in high school, or maybe you were kind of seen as an outsider. Uh, this is a reminder back to those days and a reminder of why you didn't actually want to be the popular kid because the popular kids, spoiler alert, are never what they're cracked up to be. You don't actually want to be the popular kid. So Teen Titans reminds us of this. Uh, it reminds us of, of what it feels like to be a kid in high school and to feel uncomfortable with ourselves, uh, but then also to literally have the girl of our dreams so close to us and we just don't even have the, the stupid brain. Our stupid boy's brain doesn't even realize uh, that we already have the best friends we could ever hope for and we just want more instead of getting used to what we have and, and appreciating what we have. And so that's a story that's not only for us in high school, that's a story that's for everybody every day. We never appreciate what we have, right? I mean, you think about the song, uh, you can't always get what you want, but you find sometimes that you get what you need, right? If you just look around, odds are you already have what you need. And so this is an important story for us to remember to be appreciative of the things around us and to appreciate the life that we have. If you're needing a little bit of a reminder, if you're a little down in the dumps and you're needing somebody to tell you, you know, slap you on the back and say, hey, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. This might, be, this might be the story for you. This will be something that'll give you a little bit of encouragement, a little boost of energy, and also just give you some doggone beautiful looking illustrations. So that's my thoughts on Teen Titans Beast Boy. Before we get to my final thoughts and next week's recommendations, uh, we're going to take another really quick ad break to thank our sponsors. Be right back. Hey, you like podcasts? I, I just assume you do because you're listening to one right now. But did you know we have others here on Checkpoint Church, the hub? Uh, yeah, we do. We have another podcast called Chatpoint. Chatpoint is the epic podcast that we do live on twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church Thursdays at noon. If you want to get your QA'd, then be sure to get there, get on the chat and let us know what you think. We pick a different topic every single week and we take questions in the latter half. If you want to be a part of that podcast live, be sure to join us twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church Thursdays at noon. Come and get chatty with us. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to our final segment of the show here on Babylon. Uh, we only have one entry left for you guys, one thing left for you guys to hear today, and that is our recommendation of what you should play. And this is one that, unlike most of the games <laughs> that I recommend, this is one that you could actually have played in the amount of time between this week and last week. Uh, this is a game that's not too hard to play in the course of 10 days. In fact, this is a game that's not too hard to play over the course of a good hour. 
So what is this game? It's called Emily is Away, as I mentioned. This is an independent visual novel game that was released back in 2015 by this guy called Kyle Seeley. He released it back for free. If I recall correctly, I think he released it on Newgrounds. That's where I feel like I remember playing it for the first time. And here's, you know, kind of what is this story? It was, like I said, it was, re- it was released by Kyle Seeley. Uh, it was set in the uh, early to mid 2000s. So if you're a 2000s kid, you're going to, or if you're a 2000s teen, especially, you're going to really like this game. You're going to really relate to what this game is. If you haven't figured it out already, just from the name, Emily is Away, is an allusion to the chat clients of Windows XP uh, back in the day in the 2000s, especially AOL Instant Messenger. If you were an AIM person, you are going to get all of the right sounds. They're going to send shivers down your spines. This is a game that is so interesting. So most visual novels, whenever you think about a visual novel, you might think about, uh, you know, seeing a little anime character and reading a story, like reading a book. This is not like that. This is a unique style of presenting a visual novel because it's presented through an instant messenger client. Uh, It's through a chat client. It's through a chat box. It feels like you are chatting with someone on the other end of an AOL instant messenger system. So let's go ahead and talk about a little bit more about what it is, because everything that, that it is, is exactly the same reason that you should be playing it. So you get on, you log on and you know, you get to choose your, uh, profile picture and you can choose things that just feel so right. You know, blink 182, Harry Potter, uh, the Ring, Lord of the Rings, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Avril Lavigne. You can choose all of these profile pictures that just feel just like what you might have been into back in the early 2000s. And you log in and you see that someone named uh, Emerly is logging on. And so you click on Emerly and you start to message back and forth with them and you get to choose between options of what you want to say. Now, sometimes they'll be radically different. But sometimes it'll be like, how would you greet Emerly? Would you say, hey, all lowercase? Would you say, hi, with an exclamation point, and then maybe a little like cheerful smiley? Or would you say like, hello? Uh, And, you know, how would you exactly type what you would say? Then you click on your response, and you actually get to type on your keyboard. You don't have to type in anything in particular. You can just, you know, whatever keys you want. It types it out for you. Sometimes you'll get to choose those options. Other times it'll be less flavor text and it'll be more like making a serious decision. You'll have to actually type in and Emily will ask you a question. Uh, you know, should I date that guy? Should I not date that guy? And you get to say, I hate that guy or that'd be all right. Or honestly, I could go either way. And Emily, it comes up in the corner. Emily will remember that. And it affects the way that you play the game. Now, here's another thing that I really like about this game. Most games, when you think about storytelling, right? Typically, a game is told over the short span of time. So, you know, maybe maybe you would think about like, maybe this is the course of a week. And each chapter is a day of the week. And on Monday, you have a conversation with Emily. And then on Tuesday, you have this conversation. Wednesday, this conversation. No. This game tells the story of Emily. You're a senior in high school in 2002. You log on, you talk to Emily. The next time you, the protagonist, talks to Emily is her first year of college. A whole year goes by. And you get to learn the decisions that you made in the first chapter 
what happened? How did they impact chapter two? How did they impact her first year of college? Well, you get to learn. And then once again, you make comments in this first year of college. And then the next time you talk to her, well, you better believe it's the second year. And so you get to talk to her in the second year and figure out how things go based off of the decisions of the last year, so on and so forth, all the way through the final year of college. And that's, that's, the, that's as, as brief as I can get into it without giving too much away. Because this is a story that, first off, it plays different every time. Second off, it feels so real. I don't know how else to describe that. It just feels so incredibly like exact. If you are someone that flirted over AIM, you are going to play this game and it's going to feel uh, surreal. It's going to feel otherworldly. It's going to feel, it's going to, it's not even like nostalgia. It's going to be such strong nostalgia that, I mean, you're going to trip out. You're going to be blown away by how real this feels and how much you, you really start to feel for Emily. Your heart starts to break for Emily. You really want Emily to be happy and, and you try to say the right things and you mess up and it sucks to say the wrong thing to somebody that you just want to love you. So why would you want to do that to yourself? Why would you want to make yourself experience a game that not only sends you on a nostalgia trip, but makes you get sent on a heart-wrenching nostalgia trip. I would recommend this game, first off, because if you're a child of the 2000s, a child of the 90s, if you grew up with AIM, if you're familiar with the AIM, uh, this is an incredibly unique way that needs to be experienced to play a game. It's a game unlike any other. It's an experience like you're not going to get somewhere else. So that in and of itself, the uniqueness, the novelty, you need to experience that. More importantly, Emily is a way presents a really powerful argument of decision-making in a text-based format. So one argument that comes up a lot with the internet and the reason why the internet isn't a viable means of communication and the reason why text messaging isn't a viable means of communication, all those kind of arguments that you hear day in and day out is that we can't, we can't hear someone say what they're typing. Sometimes somebody might be sarcastic and we don't get that. Or sometimes somebody may be super intense or somebody may be joking and we get them mixed up. Emily is a way presents you with that in a fictionalized context. No one's actually getting hurt, right? I mean, you're not actually hurting Emily's feelings, but you're getting to practice with, with that experience of speaking to someone and hurting their feelings. You can say the wrong thing to Emily. You know what I mean? You can, you can, you can really mess it up and it's not actually going to change anything because it's just a game, but it gets you to understand and to empathize and to literally embody a kind of empathy that can't just happen through normal conversations. And so that in and of itself, I think is enough to recommend why it would make you grow. This game will help you to understand what it means to be an empathetic person over a text. I think we're pretty good. You know, I could be wrong. I think most of us are pretty good 
at empathizing with people in real life. I mean, again, I could be wrong, but I think whenever you see a homeless person on the side of the road, your heart breaks for them. I think whenever somebody gets hurt, you, you hurt with them. I think for the most part, we get that. But one way we are not good at is feeling for somebody on the other side of a text box. We are not good at hearing the pain behind someone in a chat. And so I think that that is something that can be practiced and worked on. And this might be a great first step into developing that kind of practice. And so I think that's where I'm going to wrap that thought up. I, I highly recommend it because I really don't want to spoil anything because it is a story that is so fun to experience. But even more than that, I really feel like I've hit the nail on the head there with why should you play this game other than the fact that it's going to give you a, a, a nostalgic uh, dopamine rush? Because you should be a better person. I should be a better person. And this is a practice in being better to people that we meet online. And that's what we're all about here on Checkpoint. We are all about reaching people. We are all about loving our digital friend even better. So with that, I'm going to wrap this one up. Next week's recommendations. Uh, I am I am recommending one and doggone it. You can argue with me if you want to. Send in your voicemails. Tell me why this is a bad show because I disagree with you. <laughs> Sword Art Online. I'm recommending that you watch Sword Art Online. I'm recommending that you read Scythe. Uh, and I'm recommending that you play Super Mario 3D All-Stars. With that, folks, we're going to wrap up this week's show. Thank you so much for listening and joining into this discussion. Be sure to let us know your thoughts by sending them into our voicemail at anchor.fm slash checkpoint-church or by sending them straight into our DMs. We get them like that as well. Be sure to subscribe to Checkpoint Church on your favorite podcast provider for more podcasty goodness and other shows. We also love it when you give us a five-star rating specifically. It really helps out the show. Until next time, folks, know that God loves you, I love you, and you matter. Until next time, folks, bye-bye.